You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. And not only that, but we got to know what the agenda is. So an ambassador represents a country in a foreign country, and you got to know what the agenda is of your country of origin. Mm. We have to know what the agenda is, what we are representing, how we are called to live as we continue to be his ambassadors here on earth. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. Today, joined by two special guests. First, we have Paulina De La Fuente. Paulina, thanks for being here. Good to be back. And lead pastor, Jose Abaroa. Always good to be here. Always good to have both of y'all on the podcast. Today, we are continuing the Kingdom Culture series, talking about, Jose, your message yesterday, talking about the church. So I always like to start out by kind of talking what were some of the things you were thinking and processing as you kind of dove into this topic that I think we've heard about. Yeah, I said this a little bit in the message yesterday, but when thinking about how to prioritize between the three institutions that are continually repeated in the Bible, the country, the church, and the family, family comes first, (laughs) and then the church, and the church really is the family of God. We see how Jesus in his ministry and then through his death and resurrection kind of changed the script in terms of the family that God chose in the Old Testament being the family of Abraham, the Israelites, the Jewish people, now is opened to all who receive the message of the gospel. And so we see a new family formed. That's all of us, different cultures, different um, backgrounds, languages, but we have one common unity and that is Jesus. So we, we need to prioritize the church. And I really didn't go into this much, but there's so much going on. And I think COVID has maybe repurposed a lot of our schedules, but I think the church is one of the things that we allow to just kind of fall into third, fourth, fifth, sixth priority, just naturally. And so it's really important for us to look at why. Why is prioritizing the church important? So that's really where the message came from. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You didn't talk just about prioritizing, but even starting with posture. So I'm excited to kind of dive into this a little bit. Um, Jose, you talked about this concept of ambassador. And so it was fun to hear kind of your personal story on that. And then uh, Pauline, I'd love to get your take on this as well. What does it look like to be an ambassador for the church and why that posture just in general is important when we approach the kingdom culture? Yeah, so when I lived in the Netherlands, I shared the story a few Sundays ago that I worked with the Mexican ambassador to the Netherlands. He was a close family, maybe not a close family, he was a family friend when we lived in Miami. He was the consul in Miami for Mexico. When we were living there and my mom worked with him and served the Mexican community um, that worked in the Orange Groves. And so we, we learned a lot about the service aspect of what a consulate does. And then in the Netherlands, I I hung out with him and he made it really clear that if I was to pursue my citizenship, American citizenship, which which I was definitely doing, then I would not be able to work with the Mexican uh, government, embassy, anything like that. And he even said, if you work for the Mexican embassy on an official basis, then you can't uh, become an American citizen because you've already 
you know, set your allegiance to another country. And I think that's really interesting when it comes to being an ambassador, because we have to choose our allegiance. We have to choose our priority. Either we say that we are conforming to the world or being transformed and now a part of God's kingdom. And so this posture of loyalty and understanding whose we really are is so important. And not only that, but we got to know what the agenda is. So an ambassador represents a country in a foreign country. And you got to know what the agenda is of your country of origin. Mm-hmm. We have to know what the agenda, uh, what our kingdom agenda is, yeah. what we are representing, how we are called to live as we continue to be his ambassadors yeah. here on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What I like about that is that we as ambassadors just surrender to God's plan and purpose and agenda versus stirring up my yeah. own to go on attack, you know, but instead I just represent what is established in God's kingdom and see that lived out. Yeah. Jose, you kind of touched on, I'm kind of continuing the ambassador part here. You talked about the idea of the church, uh, not just being the kingdom of God, but in a, it's an, it's, it's an, <laughs> you got this. Embassy. There it is. Thank you. Embassy of the kingdom of God. So what's kind of maybe the difference and kind of how as the church kind of, can we operate as an embassy? Yeah, that's a, that's a, Big question, because when Jesus said, uh, repent for the kingdom of God is near, believe in the good news, believe in the gospel, he was ushering in the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is not fully here. And so the kingdom of God is not the church. The church is a part of the kingdom of God. And so that's that's where, you know, you can see the church as an embassy, meaning mm. uh, the embassy is still in a foreign land. Mm. And so if there's a takeover that were to take place, for example, then if you have an embassy, well, the, the takeover hasn't taken place because you're still in a foreign land. And so, you know, the takeover is going to be um, Jesus coming back and, and really ushering in this new kingdom uh, here on earth as it is in heaven. And um, until then, well, then we really are operating in an embassy. Um, as an embassy, meaning the church. And from there, when we come together as the church, that's when we get the download of what the kingdom agenda is as we mm-hmm. look at scripture. And it sounds kind of weird, but I think it's a cool picture that he's given us this body here on earth to represent um, what he's about up there. Yeah, I like that about the embassy that in the foreign land, like I've been overseas where we've kind of talked about if something were to happen or, and I like that the embassy is a safe place in a foreign land, you know, and I think that's in maybe not how I thought about church growing up, but that I have experienced at Cypress Creek Church is that it is a safe place to come to in a foreign land, you know, as we're waiting for God to reconcile everything. Yeah, that's really good. Did you ever, when going to other countries, did you ever notify the embassy that you were going to be in those foreign countries? I didn't, but I'm wondering, because when we have talked about it, I'm wondering if our team leader did. Yeah, yeah, I never have. But I like that something you mentioned yesterday, Jose, this idea that an embassy is not conforming to the world, but as far as from a church standpoint, focus on kind of transforming the world, this kind of idea of being in the world, but not of it. And so I think that's a neat part too, just about this idea that there are clear boundaries, even with an embassy that you know, okay, who's, you know, across the property line, like who's, what country are you in, what kind of rules and regulations abide just by even just where you are 
physically standing. And yeah. so I think that that's good. And as we kind of focus on practically applying a lot of this, particularly the posture piece of a kingdom culture and church, uh, Jose, I know you kind of taught a lot about uh, Romans 12. So I'd love to kind of just dig into a little bit of these kind of pieces. There's a lot there uh, in the passage, but I love it. And um, let's start maybe with this verse, verse 10, talking about outdoing one another and showing honor and just kind of the fun nature of the competitiveness that you pointed out, but just even as believers, kind of how we go about maybe just practically, what does that, what does that look like when it comes to kind of just um, outdoing one another with honor. Yeah, this all falls under this posture, greater posture that we've been talking about throughout the, the series of submission. Because when we submit to one another, then we can trust that um, God is the one that's in control. He's the one that's put the people in our lives where they are in positions. Um, and so that gives us the freedom to honor them whether they deserve it or not. And I think that if there's one key piece, one culture uh, piece that, that we need to continue to push forward is honor, honoring one another. Um, and yeah, if there's something that we can compete in, then how cool if we compete in show, outdoing one another and, and showing honor. I think that can look a lot of different ways, but I do think of the verse that says, uh, honor one another above yourselves. I think it's in Philippians 2. Um, and so continuing to see others in a in a posture of, of submission as greater uh, to serve them and to honor them, I think is a, a great way and position to be, to be in. Mm. Yeah, there's there's so much uh, else involved in that passage, but maybe one more uh, before we move on was this part about uh, not being slothful in zeal. And uh, Jose, I'd love for you to kind of maybe elaborate a little bit. You talked about the role that our phones play and social media play, and then Pauline, feel free to chime in as well. It's just talking about uh, being kind of the, the kingdom culture of church and yeah. just kind of what that looks like uh, in relation to Romans 12. Yeah, just thinking about it now, I would connect it to that membership versus participation. If you have church full of you know people that just want to subscribe and attend and consume, that's more of the slothfulness. Like mm -hmm. I'm just here for me, or I'm here to get uh, a lot of knowledge to know the right thing. But then we are not serving the Lord, which is the second part of that that says, uh, "Do not be slothful in zeal, but but uh, serve the Lord." Mm -hmm. And where where is it? Oh boy. I lost Verse 11. It. Verse 11. There you go. Do not be fervent in spirit serving the Lord. So yeah, this passion that, that we are asked to live out as we, as we serve God. So let's get, you know, out of our phones and let's actually be the hands and feet of Christ by meeting the needs of those around us. Mm. Yeah. I think it's funny that talking about social media, we get on it to get what we want out of it you know, and then when we don't get it, we don't, you know, it's just a uh, consuming. It makes me think about that, that you said that it can be the same, you know, it's just not satisfying yeah. to consume all the time, but it's more satisfying to fervently serve. Yeah. And that's something. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And personally on social media, I feel a lot of pressure to produce, mm. you know, I, I, I consume social media and I need a, I, I, I do have limits on what that looks like in my life, but producing in social media is not the important piece. Producing in the real world is really what we're called to do. Now, social media is not all bad. We produce content strategically mm -hmm. for, for our church so that we can reach and, and disciple and, and serve our mm -hmm. community in, in that way and through that medium. But I mean, 
Yeah, it's not satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's it's not what we're called to 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 live like. It's not real. It's fake, mm. digital fakeness. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I want to dive into the four G's, talking about kind of producing and activation. Jose, you kind of alluded to it earlier, this difference of partnership being an active role, whereas membership is more on a, on a more of a passive and receiving role. And so I love in the Acts 2 passage, Jose, you kind of laid that out, just how you can see uh, grow groups, give and go, woven throughout scripture, not just in the early Acts church, but just throughout the New Testament. And so I'd love to kind of just take a little bit real quick and just talk practical steps, kind of how are ways that people can either um, enter into one of these G's individually as well as just as a body and as a church. So let's start with the first one, grow. And I know that may sound cliche to say, okay, how do we grow? How do we spiritually grow? But maybe what are some ways that y'all both have seen kind of either being a part of Cyprus for so long and seeing ways in which you've just grown uh, by being a part of the church and then maybe ways that you have contributed to the growth of other people. Yeah, really good. You know, I didn't think about this before, but you asking the question, I think of the first series, the first message of the Church That Heals series, Grace, Truth, and Time. I think that's what's allowed me to grow Mm -hmm. in these 12 years that I've been a part of Cypress Creek Church. It's God's grace through His people, Mm -hmm. through different circumstances, um, and then truth, digging into the Word. And, and even digging into my life and, and digging up the bad and, and allowing God to make it into something beautiful and then continuing to do that over time. So not just saying, well, I'm gonna do this through a course or I'm gonna do this while I'm in college. Um, taking the family of believers as, as God's people in my life, these relationships. And, and through time, that's cultivated growth in my spiritual uh, life, in my physical life. I met Taylor, you know, our family has grown thanks to the, 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 the path that he's had for us. And, um, but also emotionally, I've matured quite a bit because of uh, people and truth and time. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think of just people being authentic in those areas with me really changed my life and helped me do the same as I grew and as I've helped walk with others as they've grown is that that's really, I think, the middle ground, you know, where we all share is authenticity. I mean, there's not something unique to one person or a yeah. unique brokenness or anything like that, but we're all just in it together. Mm-hmm. I think what's neat when I hear both of y'all talking, you're basically combining like posture and priority together. This idea that growing like is a part of just the mental ability to say, hey, I want to grow. And so being able to be around people that are dedicated to growing because we know that while physically we're growing every single day, but like spiritually that doesn't just like happen. Like we don't just like wake up and and kind of are more mature. So being around people that are dedicated to that and just whether it's through the circumstances God has them in or just through uh, the relationships, just being dedicated that is a big yeah. deal. Mm. That's right. So let's talk about groups. Number two, groups. This is woven throughout the culture of our church. So in some ways, we don't have to talk too much on it, but I'd love to kind of just focus on maybe what are some of the uh, kind of the highlights of being a part of a group in Cyprus and why is it so pivotal to the culture of our church? Yeah, the best thing about any church, 
I think, would hope, is the people. And then the hardest thing of any church would be it's made out of people. <laughs> yep, yep. And people hurt uh, one another. And so this is what makes groups so great and so hard at the same time because you're committing to life together mm-hmm. to a small group of people that you're actually opening up to. It's not just about reading all of the right things or saying the right things, but it's about doing life with one another, celebrating the wins and the losses and Mm -hmm. opening up our hearts to one another. It's hard. And so at the same time, it's really good. I love the video yesterday of Scott and Tina Mm -hmm. and how Scott ended, you know, saying multiplication. It's it's not easy, but it's good. good. And how he closed out, you know, that segment by saying, this is what we're called to do. So we're not only called to huddle and gather, but we're also called to scatter and multiply and see the church grow because of what God is God is doing is not only for me, it's it's for us and it's for those around us that have yet to find a church that is authentic and and real. And again, we're very imperfect, Mm -hmm. but when we come together, there's just this raw and real aspect that um, allows us to to grow with Mm -hmm. one another. Yeah, I um, when I got here, I connected through Crosstalk, the college ministry. And what's interesting and would not have been my normal way of doing things or approaching church, but I got plugged into a community group before I ever went to the large group gathering and definitely way before I came to church on a Sunday morning. And I think that God really had did that on purpose in my life because I would have coasted in large group gatherings forever. And instead, God put me in a community group that I was already feeling known and seen and having people celebrate with me and help me in things and just as a freshman in college. And so by the time I went to a large group gathering, I was connected with people. And I think for someone like me that likes to, prefers to be independent, that grow part I'm in for, mm. but then the groups part I would hesitate to want to go there with people. And I think what I've seen is that God really, there is a cap to the growth that I experience personally when I don't let anybody in. I think part of that is just kind of those walls that we put up that I also don't let God into, but there's just something about the body of Christ that I even grow more as I'm committed to groups and to doing life with people. So I think God has really done that on purpose. And I love that we have those groups where they're is a place for everyone, even as imperfect as we are. That's right. Yeah. Taylor, what's been That's your group experience? Really good. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've also came through Crosstalk. And so I think getting a chance to uh, unpack and process just with people, like hearing the same message, but just hearing how the Holy Spirit is bringing to light different things and different people and just how God really has used that kind of a similar vein as far as what both of y'all are saying, as far as uh, even just in my personal time, just God using, mm. um, you know, groups to kind of give me more and to kind of show me more that I wouldn't have gotten just in that personal time. So mm. I think that's on top of all the other stuff that we rave about as far as living life with people and right. friendships and right. hangouts and like all that stuff. And not only in college was that like super needed and helpful because I think I would have looked to get that somewhere else. And so the fact right. that I had a place I could I could do that here, but, but even just now, just the way that we're built and wired and just um, the ability for other people that are seeking that out of loneliness or just out of um, boredom, maybe. And so they get a chance to kind of enter into a group that uh, is showing them kind of true love and being able to kind of mm-hmm. really uh, serve and live life with one another. So 
10, 10 recommend, I'd say, <laughs> for groups. <laughs> Let's move on to number three, which is give. And Jose, I know I liked how you kind of prefaced by saying, oh, yeah, here, here yeah. it is again, yeah. uh, talking about giving. But, but you kind of stressed about the idea this is not just about money, but this mm-hmm. is that God has given us time and given us talents and abilities. And uh, I know even two weeks ago, we kind of ended the Church the Heal series talking about giftings. Mm-hmm. And so I guess kind of wrap that up for us in ways of, of practically like, what does that look like just to serve and to give of our uh, our time, talent, and I th- treasure? I think it's a posture. It's a posture mm-hmm. of giving. And so, of course, that includes money because money's important and money matters to God because A, he gave us everything that we have, but B, he's asking us to respond to what he's done for us by giving back uh, part of that so that we can do this embassy work, this kingdom agenda work. And so that's what we get to participate. That's why we get to record this podcast with these nice mics and other things because of of people's obedience to that. So mm-hmm. that's huge. And yeah, I, I, I did enjoy saying thank you because we do have a generous church. Mm-hmm. And it's also gifts, how he has gifted us. So activating those gifts and, and recognizing that the church is not a pastor and staff, but the church is everyone that calls that church home. And so I would encourage all of us to continually ask God, how are you asking me to live out my spiritual gifts? How are you asking me to serve my church? Because he wants to activate all of us. And so if we skip give and just make it about grow and in groups, again, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, But give is really when we say, well, these last two really are, 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 all right, we we have to activate something we have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, uh, practically for me, it just looks like holding things lightly. I think in all of those areas, thinking about those are all things that God has gifted me with. It's money that's God gift God has gifted me with. It's time and it's gifts like talents and abilities, and just not making those things that I want to control and are just about me, but just serving, giving those back to God, knowing that all of it comes from Him. You know, and and for me, that's what the phrase "holding things lightly" means because yeah. I can want to make it. All all about me and hold it, hoard it in. And that's where I think what you're saying with grow groups is that we have to have that outlet on the second to to do that and to know that God gave all all of it to me to begin with. You know, I can't have it without him gifting me those things undeservedly. Yeah, and Acts 2 has a great example. I mean, it doesn't say they gave 10% or gave every once in a while. It says that they um, had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And so they made sure that there were that there were no needs and that, and that it was a collective group. And this is the body uh, taking care of one another as the Lord showed needs. And so it's a really cool thing to shoot for and say, that's the kind of church that we want to be. We want to be a generous church of people that that give back uh, to God in, in every way, not just money, of course, but in our gifts and in the way that we serve. Awesome. And closing out at number four is go. And so I think as we talk about uh, both the posture and priority, what does that look like as far as living on mission? I know that's a church phrase that we use a lot, but what does that look like to not only have that posture, but even just making that a priority? Because I don't know about y'all, but that's something that of all four of these, that doesn't always climb to the top as far Mm -hmm. as something that I can prioritize, especially when it involves risking my reputation or just even confrontation. And so 
uh, I think that's one that for me at least kind of tends to go down. So how do we kind of push that one up and both prioritize it and have the right posture behind it? Well, if we remember that we are ambassadors for Christ, (laughs) then that makes this one a little easier. Maybe not easy or um, easy to navigate because it's not easy to navigate. But I think the goal is becoming whole, meaning the same in every aspect of our life. And so because we are Christ ambassadors, that may not mean that you ask everyone in your workplace, do you know Jesus, you know, and and share the gospel? It may, if that's what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. But it does mean that you are about God's kingdom agenda. And so, you know, we're not going to do this now, but reading Romans 12 again, 9 through 21, all of those are characteristics of, of God's culture, of God's kingdom culture. So make sure that we do that. Colossians 3 speaks to that as well. I mean, the Bible is full of, of verses that teach us a new way of life. Um, and that's what we need to hold on to and live out in every aspect of our life. And as we do that, then we are going. We're going, and we also need to be about the Great Commission, which is not comfortable. The, uh, we can go into that, you know, uh, another time. But the disciples were not comfortable with Jesus going into heaven. They wanted Jesus to stay and actually usher in the kingdom of God. But He said, "No, I need to go up. It's better for you." And the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. going to come down, and and then He's going to help you live out this Great Commission. The last words in in Matthew verse twenty in, in Matthew chapter twenty eight, that is, make disciples and baptize and teach everyone to obey everything that I've commanded you. And so that's what going means. It's not easy, but when we are growing, when we're a part of groups, when we are giving back to God, I think that will set us up to go. Yeah, it almost, it feels like it ties it all up um, in the very, to group it all. And I think in, as an analogy, I think what it feels like in my head is that it's like going out, like it's like training for war and then it's like going and how mm-hmm. so much of what we're learning as we grow personally with God, as we're in groups, even as we learn to give in all those ways, as when we actually step out and go in my life, it's felt like that's where God really applies all of this stuff mm-hmm. and applies what I've been training for and trying to live out. And then it's like, we just live a full, it just feels full, I think, like complete. And this is what I'm doing that, you know, this is how God made me, not just the four G's that Cypress Creek Church has chosen, but this is how we were made to live. That's it. That's legitimately the goal for us to live full and satisfying lives, for us to be fully alive and living as God intended everyone to live. That's good. That's good. Jose, you want to close us out with any parting words and maybe give us a preview for next week Oof. as we cap off the kingdom culture. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot here. There's a lot for next week. I think this whole concept of ambassadors next week, we're going to be talking about uh, living in exile is really important. Maybe not the most content we've received growing up in the church, if we've done that or if we've heard, but it is so consistent in the biblical story, the storyline of scripture, the sense that this is not home for us. And so as we live as foreigners in this land, we have a God who's faithful and we have a God who's given us everything that we need, but even more so, he's given us his very spirit that is with us all the time. And so I would encourage 
all of us to continue to tune into what the Spirit is speaking to us so that we can not only understand who we are, but allow Him to impact those around us. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time. That's the Lord's house. What? Said this ain't your house. It's talking to the squirrel. Oh. <laughs> it's not your house. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, it's God's house. Amen. All right, we're yes, Pastor. Recording. Oh. <laughs> we're doing it? Yep. <clears throat>